0: to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Boutique Bananas shares his path from graduating near the top of his class at Wharton, why he ended up at Molus for two years, and why he decided to travel for a year after his analyst stint. Learn how he got back into investment banking only to be laid off soon after and how he's approaching his next search. Enjoy. All right, Boutique Bananas, thanks so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis uh, podcast. Thanks for having me. It'd be great if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your bio. Sure.
1: Uh, So I I grew up in New Jersey, Uh, what I think is a typical suburb of America. I I went to to a local high school. Uh, For college, I wanted to study business. Uh, So I was fortunate enough to get into Wharton. Uh, There, I kind of learned about uh, investment banking in that whole world. I'd kind of heard about it just in pop culture and news and like CNBC and stuff. Uh, so I started pursuing internships in the field. I, I worked at a family office and a hedge fund while in college. And then eventually I was kind of told the best thing to do is go down the like investment banking analyst training program. Uh, so I, I started recruiting. I, I learned about like different things like restructuring that I never knew about before. Uh, eventually I, I worked uh, intern at Hulahan in the restructuring group for a summer. Uh, then full-time, I moved over to Mollis. I um, had, had a good time there. Uh, after that, I took some time off and then uh, worked again at Houlihan.
0: Cool. All right. So let's let's go back to kind of your time at Wharton. Did you know, you said you kind of heard of investment banking and pop culture. Did you, um, was it more like, I know Wharton's like a little bit of a pressure cooker for banking, recruiting. It's like such a feeder into Wall Street. Tell me a little bit of what it was like kind of going through that. I mean, obviously you did really well in school, but was there a lot of pressure from like your parents to do it? Was there family in it or was it all new to you and you were just learning as you went and kind of just, just from just being in that atmosphere, you kind of absorbed a lot?
1: Sure. When I showed at the school, all I really knew about finance or banking, I wasn't really even dead set on finance. All I really knew was like sales and trading. Um, in high school, we did like a tour of like Goldman Sachs, like someone in my class, like, you knew a partner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did like a day there. So that's all I really knew. Um, but then when it came time for like, you know, getting closer to graduation, I needed to find a job. My, my parents like, you know, you should probably pursue investment banking. It's like a good career. Uh, so then I learned about the M&A advisory business. I started reading a lot of books. Um, I, I found your website, a decent bid. was some good stuff on it. So I definitely appreciate that. Good, uh, good resources here. And I would speak to my friends and all that. And I would do the recruiting. Um, I, I threw my resume everywhere. I started running around doing interviews.
0: You said you had a, yeah, you said you had a restructuring internship at Huland. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I, I, I had no idea what restructuring was until maybe I like showed up for the interviews and stuff like that. Like I I'd started reading Moyer. People started telling me to do that. So I read that. I found that interesting. It was, it was a good space. And I just liked the people. I had a good friend that had interned in that group the, the year before me.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So he helped me kind of, you know, get like a nice to the top of the pile or something, or at least get recognized for interviews. Yeah. And I met the guys there. They're all really nice. I still remember them. I still remember my conversation with the guys. Like one of them, I remember he just made fun of me for the interview, but it was like fun. <laughs> like he made fun of the cover letter that, that not, not really me, just about the fact that a lot of these cover letters are so generic. And he was like, who writes this stuff? And I'm like, it's like a template or whatever. <laughs> and eventually That's the guys awesome. were like listen we, we like you if you want to come work here please do i, I said sure and i was
0: kind of it It sounds like it was a little bit informal um do you feel like because you had kind of that vouch for the person who had like the friend from morton saying yeah this kid's sharp do you feel like that was that was kind of the main interview and then the interviews were more just like uh, they, they were just more check a box
1: could be. I, I don't like, really know. Were they, what, were they
0: super technical? Were they like asking you about like capital stacks and like uh, priorities on like a bankruptcy chapter 11 or something like that?
1: It could be, but but I don't know. For me, the technicals are never really tough. Like, I studied a good amount, I learned it. So I never really, even like when I did the mole stuff, people told me that's like a technical interview. I never really found it too difficult.
0: Yeah. So you so just
1: could have asked stuff in passing and I really wouldn't have like noticed.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, for people who are listening, I think, um, for, for you specifically, for the, for the guests here, I think, I think it's important, though, to realize that for you, um, you, know, you, were, you placed first in a lot of different competitions um, that show that there's, there's a lot of intellectual horsepower there. Is that fair?
1: Sorry, my, my connection went out a little bit. Can Sorry, I, I was saying there's,
0: there's a lot of intellectual horsepower potentially in your brain. So do you feel like that's fair, given how well you did at Wharton and then like all the th- how well you did in high school and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, generally, I felt like the vault guys were a little basic by the time I was interviewing.
0: Yeah. So you, um, so you went in there. There wasn't a problem with any sort of technical questions. It was more like check the box. Did you feel like uh, with any of the other interviews, did, did you want to go to like an elite boutique? Did you, did you consider any of the bulge brackets?
1: and I, I really threw my resume everywhere. It was pretty easy. You just, you know, filled out a form and dropped your resume. And, and I mean, I interviewed at a bunch of places. I just liked, um, these are the people that I,
0: I got along the best with, I think. Tell me, tell me why you think that is. Like, did you have other offers at, at Bulge Brackets?
1: I, I not an offer. No, but I had first run interviews and they just felt a little colder They were generally with like older people. And it was a nice interview and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't, yeah. It was just with the, the boutique people, like at Hulan or Moles, it was just, uh, I, I enjoyed the interviews more. It was just nice to meet the person. We just spoke. It wasn't, um, cool. wasn't like so formulaic. It didn't feel as much like a job.
0: <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. So you're, you kind of did the internship and did, did you think about going to restructuring at Hulahan full-time or you kind of came back with the offer in hand, your senior, or as you were wrapping up your junior summer? And then how did you kind of, um. Did you end up shopping that to MOLIS? How did you end up at MOLIS full-time right out of school?
1: Yeah, so uh, it was a good summer. I learned a lot. I liked the people. Definitely, was, it was a very attractive offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't so set on doing just restructuring, though. Uh, that was kind of like the one thing that I felt like held me back. Like Restructuring is great and all. And at the time, maybe I didn't realize how big it is, but it, it felt mm-hmm. pretty limiting.
0: Mm-hmm. Felt
1: like my first job out of school. So I started <laughs> interviewing around. I spent a long time interviewing around and I just kept meeting people. I didn't really feel like time pressure. And eventually I, I, someone told me Moles was looking to hire. So I entered their process. I met a few people and it just sounded like one, obviously I liked the people that I met. they were nice people. And the generalist program I think was just sounded a little different than, than the Houlihan only restructuring
0: program. That's that's fair. Was there a, was there like an exploding offer from the Houlihan side that you felt like, or you just, you didn't feel pressure on that. You felt like you'd land something.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Well, well, the offer was very nice. And the fact, the fact that they're like, if you accept pretty quickly, and I think some people in my class accepted that day, they're like, we'll give you an extra 10 grand or whatever it was. And I, I don't remember, but we'll give you like a signing bonus. And if you don't, I mean, it's still outstanding, but you just don't get the signing
0: bonus. Got it. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I think I'd heard of that before. Okay. So you're, you're kind of, you didn't, you obviously didn't sign right away. You thought, okay, I'm going to just try to, you know, I'm I'm not sure if restructuring is where I want to be right out of school, maybe too little too niche. I ended up actually I ended up restructuring in at Rothschild. I don't know if you knew that, um, from a two to four. So I um I worked full time there for a few years. And it's it's very it is very different. It's like longer engagements um can be very complex in terms of you're dealing with some disaster companies uh, with very complex balance balance sheets. But um so we um so you're coming out of you're interviewing you get the offer for multiple time and then basically senior year that's it you just accept and you kind of coast through senior year you finish early and is that accurate and then you basically have six months and what do you what do you do in those six months you travel
1: um yeah i did a little bit of travel i think in the beginning of that i remember over new years i think i went with my parents to hawaii nice Uh, my father really likes that place so they took me that was really nice I did nice. some other travel I think, but otherwise I, I kind of hung around campus. I was like researching, I was working on my own PA kind of stuff. I was enjoying, you know, the last semester of college. That was Great. uh that was really it. It wasn't like uh I was like kind of getting ready cuz I I I'd heard that moles is a, is a pretty intense place. So I was like, you know, I might as well get some sleep now. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I I don't know if I really thought about it like that at the time, but it it definitely in hindsight I'm I'm glad I I took that time to just kind of enjoy definitely how.
0: And so yeah, you were at moles for a good 2 years. Tell me a little bit about um those two years and the work you did there i mean, it sounds like you did MA restructuring capital markets a whole variety of things but um i assume hours were 90 plus hours per week or you know at least 80 plus for most um on average scaling up to 110 plus i assume is that accurate
1: yeah yeah it was definitely um a, a full-time job and a half for
0: sure <laughs> and yeah. do you did you tell me about like your experience because like you were pushing you seem like you you pushed pretty hard in in undergrad. Maybe it was easy. Maybe school was easy for you, um, so it wasn't you know getting the super high GPA um, and doing so well wasn't so difficult for you. But tell me how that was different. How school was so different from a full time job.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So one thing I'd, I'd also heard about Warden before I showed up is that it's cutthroat and there's like people putting all nighters. I never felt any of that at school. I never had to pull an all nighter once unless it was like for like social stuff, like a fraternity thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, School was never like, I'd also taken accounting in high school. So a lot of the courses weren't that difficult or I I had known them already. Yeah. Uh, But, but work, it wasn't that the work itself was hard. It was just, I had to be in the office for so many hours and I had to like go through lines and lines of spreadsheets and like many, many slides and all this kind of stuff, It was just a tremendous amount of stuff to do. And I was like so many deals and this and that. Just you the time f- and the sleep and the mental sanity—that was like the, <laughs> the hardest part.
0: Yeah, I know. I was there with you, man. <laughs> sleeping, up, I had a pillow at my desk, and I was sleeping in my MD's office, plenty of nights. Um, so, or like trying to get two hours of sleep and putting my phone on super loud so it would wake me up when <laughs> somebody would ring, or putting my back then we had these, we had Blackberries, putting it on vibrate like near me, um, so it would wake me up. Uh, so, tell me, kind of as you progress through those two years, did you ever consider private equity? what were you thinking of as you were working those super long hours? Did you feel like, Hey, I need a break. I need to get out. Or were you feeling like this is really good for me? Um, you know, tell me, tell me as you approach kind of year, as you were finishing up year one and then what your thought process was heading into year two, like, I'm sure cool. some people recruited for private equity right away. Um, but I'd like to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, when I actually showed up, I, I came in pretty gung ho that I was going to leave like, Pretty soon, and go to like PE or, or hedge funds. I was actually interviewing for those in, in college and in full time, and I was considering doing that. Ultimately, I thought, you know, if I went to MOLIS for two years, people told me, like, yeah, you could go to a nice fund now, but if you do like MOLIS, one of these banks for a couple of years, your your options are, are night and day. So I, I was pretty set on, on going on the buy side. I, I went through the recruiting process. You know, I did a lot of networking and I, I met a lot of funds. I did all these final rounds and stuff. And at the end of the day, I was like. This really isn't that different than my current job. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, maybe the money was was like significantly better quicker. But at that point, I'm like, I'm making a plenty of money now that I really don't have the time to use. <laughs> uh, so I, I remember I pulled out of some processes and I came close to some others. And, and then eventually before I left, I was actually pretty close to joining with a hedge fund. And I was like, it just doesn't, I just wasn't too excited. I was like, if I stay here, I'm, I'm, I'm happy just to stay at MOLIS. You no, know, it's really not a big
0: So did you end up getting any offers out of through the buy side recruiting or because you pulled out and you didn't have your heart in it, you didn't, you didn't end up with any offers.
1: I I think I was very close to one. And like, Mm -hmm. I remember I was discussing with the headhunter on on comp or things like that. And eventually I was like, you know, I'm just, it was tough for me to say I'm going to commit to another few years of doing this. That that I think was the hardest part for me. So I didn't.
0: Did you feel like potentially there was something um, of a bias given like you probably had a ton of looks given your track record and Wharton. Top GPA, MOLIS, top bank, working on a ton of deals, right? You were working on a ton of deals while you were there? Good transaction experience? Yeah. yeah was, like you're you probably getting a ton of looks. Do you feel like um, you were a little bit disillusioned? I mean, I know I was. I was I was exhausted. I didn't know what to do. So private equity was almost like an escape for me. Um, I ended up at a at a middle market shop called Tailwind, which was like a 50, 60 hour work week. So it was, it was definitely a, di- a difference. Did you ever consider going like middle market? Or something less kind of intense
1: i did yeah but i don't know when, when i'd interview or something it just didn't really excite me that much hmm. So i'm like you know also especially when, when i had a, a good amount of savings piled up i'm like i might as well just do something that that does excite me since i've been working so hard for it you know
0: <laughs> yeah and so like tell me about that thought process like i think it's pretty rare because i think when people like looking at your background it's it's almost like top of the class in high school top of the class at wharton uh driving to mola it, like to me you seem exactly like the person that's like on that track, right? The track that everyone talks about. Then to have kind of the, the, I'll call it courage, just to say just to step off and say, well, I'm not gonna go buy side. I'm actually gonna go travel for a few years. Um, tell me about that. Tell me about like the thought process behind that. You said you had some savings, so it gave you some comfort. Was there um, I I know when I was when I first jumped to private equity, I I was burnt out. I ended up getting fired from my first private equity job. Was there any sort of like burnout? from after the two years, because you were there for over two years at MOLIS. Was there burnout? Was there like, I just need to, to breathe to just think of my next step? Because I've heard that from plenty of analysts.
1: For sure, some of that. And actually, one, one of the the ED, one of the directors I worked with told me that he thought I could use some vacation. Actually, at the time, MOLIS, anyone that got like invited to stay on for more than two years, they required you. I'm mean, going remember to take all, a month off at least. <laughs> so initially when I left, it was just kind of part of that program. I was like, listen, you know, I'm staying um, let me at least just get a break, a breather, and then, you know, I'll come back or we'll
0: see. Mm-hmm. So tell me, that tell me how that evolved. Yeah. How did that evolve? So you kind of went away for a month thinking you'd come back.
1: Yeah. Initially I just kind of took a leave of absence, it, not, somewhat in line with, with the, the program they were doing at the time. I don't know what they're doing now, but at the time I remember mm-hmm. one of the guys that became an associate, like he took a month or two off and then came back. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. So so you- yeah initially it was just kind of a leave. And, and then eventually I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy here. So
0: I extended the leave. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fair. Um, So yeah. So tell me about it. So you you tasted your freedom (laughs) and you're like, I'm not going back. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that. So where did you go? What were you thinking? Um, You had family still in Jersey, I assume. So like, were you living at home when you, when you finished?
1: uh you know i actually, I actually went uh, i went abroad to israel that was like it was something I, I thought about doing in college but you know i didn't really have the time or the money or, or like you know any like family any any sort of like family like okay with it so it, it was more of like that was a good opportunity for me to kind of go explore a passion of mine
0: okay and so tell me what you did there how was what was that like i'd love to hear about it because you were there yeah. for how long how long were you in israel
1: I was there for a little over a year. I, I was learning in a yeshiva there. It was, it was a really nice experience, you know, just kind of intellectual learning. The first thing I did, which was great, was get eight hours of sleep a night again. That was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: that was like a pleasure. So I ate well, you know, I slept well. I have family out in Israel, so I, I took some time to see them. I have grandparents out there.
0: Nice. Uh, and so so yeah, you were just, there, you were kind of, age. yeah. you were studying?
1: Technically, yeah. Um, studying, studying in like a yeshiva is a little different than like a college, just because there weren't really grades. It was more of like just learning to the, learn the material and get to know it and, you know, make new friends and all that kind of stuff.
0: And how was that? Was it like socially really rewarding? Was it uh, something where you felt like it was good for your soul after uh, some a couple of tough years?
1: For sure. Yeah. And it, Instead of instead of spreadsheets, I got to deal with the actual people a little more often. That was nice.
0: That's awesome. So, as you're kind of uh, finishing up that year in Israel and you're thinking of your next steps, what's going through your mind?
1: Yeah, so it, I, you know it was time for me to come back. You know, my family really wanted me to come back, and you know obviously, I only had so much in savings. Uh, so I came back and then I, I started to look for a new job. And you know, fortunately, i I ended up getting another gig at Hulahan again. So That was really
0: nice, nice. and so you're you're back as a, an analyst with Hulahan. Uh, And then just doing a bunch of deals there. Tell me, um, tell me how that progressed, and then specifically, kind of um, your thought process of going back into banking. Um, And yeah, what what was next? What what you see is next for you?
1: Yeah, so I was really just looking for a job. Uh, Obviously, you know, with the the background in banking and and uh, a finance degree, those are kind of the jobs that were a little. I was a, a more attractive candidate for.
0: Was there a lot of skepticism though? Like from a from a bank like the bank's perspective, like you want to come back, like you took a, a a while off. Were they was there? Were they skeptical that you'd want to do it or no?
1: I don't know. I mean, in my my discussions with them, it was it was just kind of like it's um, a lot of it was like off off cycle. People would say like off cycle, a little harder. Like I wasn't on. Um, I can't do like campus recruiting, which is a big cycle for the banks. I can't do like private equity on cycle recruiting. So I was just really just applying to jobs. Like, I guess like a more normal American, (laughs) I don't know what to say, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay. So you're, you're applying there. Did you consider applying to private equity or any sort of anything like that? Or you still like, you liked the, it sounds like you liked banking. You liked the actual work. It was just more of a question of like lifestyle.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was applying to banks, private equity, hedge funds. I, I had plenty of Everything. interviews, a lot a lot of things like as it was more like uh, one-off things as like opportunities arise. I yeah, was doing okay. networking all that kind of stuff.
0: And so did you have like a thought process of what you would prefer or was it was just like anything in finance it was just like it just get me a job coming back?
1: Uh, listen, I mean everyone everyone would I, I would think prefer a job that you know has better hours, better pay, more interesting work, better people, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like those are a little more subjective to in some sense cuz better hours depends how you budget the hours what time of the day and all that kind of stuff weekends or what but so i was really just trying to find the best job i could get but it was more of like finding a job i had no job
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me because like you know with your background i'm surprised you know you weren't able to get um a lot of buy side looks even with the time you had taken off and maybe maybe because it was a bit had been a little while Maybe that's why I was a little bit, maybe some recruiters were a little bit more like um, hesitant to put you in, the, in processes because it had been a while since Smolusk, but um, your background's super impressive. Um, so, so anyways, um, you worked in Hulan for a little while and then um, ended up, uh, did you end up kind of leaving there or thinking I need to do something new and then COVID hit or what's the, what's, the, what's the latest and what are you looking for now?
1: Yeah, so I actually got laid off. Um, so not, not like the previous time where I, I kind of voluntarily left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since then, I've really just been looking for a job and, you know, doing other things. Now I saw you guys have like the mentor thing, something like that, that can be a good opportunity. So,
0: yeah. And tell me about, um, tell me about like, uh, the layoff in terms of like what you think happened and stuff like that. I know when I got laid off in uh private equity, my first private equity gig for me, it was, I think I went to the buy side and I was, I was in one environment where like they told me when I could go to the bathroom. Then I was put in another environment where there was no guidance at all. <laughs> And I didn't make that transition well, and it ended up um, a year later. I also found out that the fund was kind of a lot of big bankruptcies coming, and so they went from 20 investment professionals down to like four. Um, but tell me, kind of, what was the, what you think the what do you think happened, um, over at the Yeah,
1: so I'm I'm not really not too sure. Um, I mean, I'm still in touch with some of the people there a little bit. Um, they just kind of one day called me into an office and, and like said, we have to let you go. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay HR showed up and I, I got like the one book I had there or whatever and I just kind of left Was it wasn't a, kind of like a weird thing
0: yeah they didn't give you any like sort of feedback you didn't you didn't try to seek any feedback try to figure out what was going on was it like deal flow related or was it something else
1: I mean the, the person that the, the the staffer he's a very nice guy he, Um, I, I think he, he he questioned whether I was really that interested and I, I get it I mean some of the some of like the real like FaceTime BS this that I don't know. Like, I mean, I did, I did my best to do it, but I don't know. Like there's a lot of like, like hazing stuff. Like, I don't Maybe you understand. I see you nodding. Yeah. I, I don't know there's, the, there's, the bullshit, to, there's the bullshit. To, like, three, the yeah, there's the bullshit turns at
0: three. Yeah. There's the bullshit turns at 3am for a pitch book. That's never going to see the light of day that you don't really need to be there for.
1: So some of the hazing stuff, maybe I was like, you know, not, not the best pledge <laughs> college. I was a very good pledge or at least, you know, I, I think I was, I tried to be a good pledge there. I was a little less, um, Focused on being the best pledge possible.
0: Fair. And why did you come back as an analyst? Why not come back as an associate? Have a little bit more. Did were they not willing to give you an associate role? You know,
1: the job I applied for, I think, was an associate job.
0: <laughs> but
1: okay. I, I think they they like ding people there on the I one of the one of my closer friends there told me that sometimes when people lateral or whatever, they'll ding them a year. So,
0: got it. So you were like more like a third year analyst or a second year analyst when you joined?
1: They never really told me. <laughs> they just said you're an analyst, here's your pay. So you got it. Uh,
0: got it. got it okay well i appreciate the story i think um any thoughts in terms of like how how recruiting is going um what you feel like have you had a lot of looks kind of since since that you know it's been obviously 2020 has been a tough year for a variety of reasons um have you had a lot of looks um coming out i mean with your background i assume you're getting interviews or getting some looks. so tell me about like what what's going on in there? Is there a lot of like confusion around that? I know coming off of a layoff. I know for me when I was reinterviewing um it was incredibly tough. Uh because everyone was said, well what happened there? <laughs> you know, and it, I had to say something along way, like, oh, it's cultural da da. I didn't know what was going on. I don't know why I was let go. I didn't know the true reason. Because it, it happened to be a, a year later, I ended up fear finding out that the fund was going under. Um but for sounds similar to you where you don't really know too much. Maybe you felt like, okay, your heart wasn't in it. Um but have you thought about like what other types of roles could could leverage your um leverage your expertise, your financial kind of your financial skill set? Like maybe corp dev, corp MA, something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's basically a similar process that that I, that I ran um before I got that land job. I'm really just applying to, you know, anywhere. Have you anywhere been
0: getting have you been getting interviews? Well. Have you have you been getting looks?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've okay. been definitely plenty of interviews. Uh, no offers yet, but I'm working on the interviews for sure.
0: <laughs> cool, cool. Well, um any wisdom, any guidance given like your past so far in terms of like pushing hard in high school, college, at the, doing doing um, you know, at a Lee boutique for a couple of years? Any guidance you'd give to younger people that maybe were in a similar place, either uh, in, in college or kind of the right out of school? Any guidance you'd give them looking back at your, your path?
1: No, no. I'm sure they're smart kids. It's like they're actively dealing with you and, you know, researching and working. I'm sure they're fine.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, let me know if I can be helpful. Let's stay in touch. Okay, man? Okay. Thanks, Patrick. Take care. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.